Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode features Florida-based artist and muralist Cole Trent. Cole is living the stereotypical cool guy, hippie lifestyle, freedom-embracing side of himself, and he hustles with his art business half the year, then spends the remaining months traveling in his van wherever the wind takes him. He's learned to just let go of what doesn't matter to him, dematerialize, and embrace the life that he is called to live. I like to follow people like this on social media because you just never know where they'll end up. And it wouldn't surprise me if Cole just fell off the digital train completely for a year and then jumped back on later to tell us how he just spent his time circling the globe in search of new inspiration or whatever he deemed the best way to live life. You know, he's kind of the person who is going to do whatever he wants to do and he'll find a way to make it happen. For example... He's even creating his own Space Coast mural festival starting this year. So let me know what you think about this week's episode with Cole Trent. Hey guys, I'm here with Cole Trent and I'm excited to talk to him about all things art and van life and all of the things. So Cole, can you start us off by telling us a little bit about who you are and how you got into the art world? So my name is Cole Trent, obviously. I got into this really just a passion growing up doing a lot of creative things. Uh, just I'm sure like anyone else, you get into drawing and doodling within school. And then kind of through school is what really evolved my art career. Uh, I definitely used like just the local community to help really get it started. I was super passionate in the surfing, super passionate in just being out in nature. And all of these things kind of came together and um, yeah, just blossomed into this beautiful life of uh, being an artist. But the main source of it was really from the surfing industry. I did a lot of custom art on surfboards. And then that kind of blew up into what it is today. But yeah, it was, it was like the basis of it was just really me doing like the doodles and whatnot, or just getting like a custom, you know, look to everybody's surfboard because all or most boards are white. So everybody's like, oh, I want, you know, unique custom design or something. So I was like, okay, I can do that for you. But then, yeah, just kind of word of mouth and getting it through the community just right there on the East Coast of Florida just kept on growing and growing, growing. That's awesome. You are living the stereotypical cool cool guy van life right now. Tell me how that came about. <laughs> so the van actually came into my life uh, about four or five years ago when I was doing a lot of touring around Florida, doing the art shows. I honestly was doing probably, it seemed like I was doing a show every other weekend. So it was like 20 shows, maybe plus a year. And in the brutal heat of Florida, uh, through all the weathering and whatnot. So the van was the most accessible thing that I could find to get me through a show. I started in like a big four by four truck, you know, even pulling a like U-Haul camper sort of deal to pack all my art in. But it was just, it was ridiculous to try to get that through a show and set up. So the van was just really accessible, really easy for me to get around. And as well as the expenses of trying to stay in a hotel for two nights through the weekend, I was like, well, I could just potentially pack all my art in here. And then while I'm doing the show, why not sleep in the van? <laughs> so that helped, you know, of course, with expenses. But yeah, it, it, that kind of blossomed into now me living in the van, not full time. It's more or less uh, about half the year. So now we have it, the whole inside converted with like a kitchenette, a bed, you know, all the living things that you need. 
but as well as I can still create in here with my partner too. She's a seamstress, so she does some RC stuff as well. And you have a podcast studio in your van. Yeah, we make it happen. You know, we really, every nook and cranny in here has a purpose. And um, yeah, it's just about keeping the dream alive. So we'd like to stay out on the road and uh, continue being inspired from all of our travels, continuing to make connections with people from, you know, across the country that we maybe never had the opportunity to do so if we wouldn't have gotten to the van. Awesome. So you do mostly surfboard commissions right now? So originally, that's what I was doing. So that was like when I was around 17 or 18. And then from that, I got into a studio, was just a local studio co-op. And I was able to build my portfolio a little bit more on the canvas. So it was around I was 18 or 19 is when I started working with acrylics. And I started working on canvas and larger projects. And then when I was probably I think it was when I was 19 or 20, I opened up my first gallery in downtown Cocoa Beach. So when I was there is when I was really able to open up um, a lot more canvas work, a lot more in-house shows. And um, so that, again, just opened up my portfolio to having a more wide-based range of work just than the surfboards. But I still do the surfboards today. It definitely is one of my... uh, I would say bread and butters, you know, just something that people love. They absolutely love the surfboard. So for me to stay in that culture of the surfing community and be able to kind of like stay with my roots of how I built my business, it's pretty cool to say that. That's awesome. You say surfboard art and my mind automatically thinks of Drew, Drew Brophy. Have you? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We did a a podcast interview with him and you remind me of a young Drew Brophy, which is a compliment. That's so cool. No, it's so awesome. He actually just had like a Posca or I I think it's how you pronounce it, Posca or Posca, the paint pen party at his gallery. I think it was last night or the night before. And it's only about two hours north of me. Unfortunately, I missed it, but hopefully for the next one, I can make it work. I'm super dire to meet him. I think it'd be really cool to meet the guy. He's such an inspiration. Yeah, him and Maria. I'm just such a fangirl of Maria being yeah. just being such a business boss lady. And yeah, yes. such a cool team. I would I haven't met them in person yet, but I've talked online and all of that. So I'm super jealous that you're in the Right, area. right. <laughs> so what are your big plans? What are you looking forward to? What's on the agenda for this year? It's been a lot of changing, a lot of growing uh, in the past couple of years. I actually closed my gallery space about two years ago, and I went towards a different route within my career. And it was more or less trying to understand what I really wanted to do in my life. If I wanted to be a gallery owner for the rest of my life and what that really entailed, not really understanding all of what a gallery comes with when you decide to go that route. So I took some time and I was like, okay, what do I want to do? I know I don't want to sit in a gallery for the rest of my life. That just seems like for the time that I did it, I loved it. But the same token, it could be a little much too when you want to have time for yourself and with family and friends and all that. So I actually switched my business venture into fine art printing. So I actually could do that for myself. I invested into giant 48-inch wide HP printers and Canon printers so that I could do the fine art Chiclet canvas and be able to stretch them. So that would obviously cut costs on anything that I want to have produced myself, but then also offer that to other artists and be able to do that for other artists in our area you know, at a fraction of the cost that maybe some of these bigger, you know, printing companies are asking for, as well as including shipping, something that's just easy, um, right down the street that people could use us for. So we've been doing that for the past two years, we actually bought ourselves a 
an actual shop. So we have a fine art print studio in Cocoa Beach. And so that's kind of where it's landed me for at this point. So that's where I've been really putting a lot of my energy and time, as well as doing some studio work. But just in the past, I think it was three months, me and my brother, Kyle, which is a big part of my business venture of being an artist, he's a lot of the operations side of what I do. We actually got the okay in our city to host a mural fest. So we've been at this for a couple of years now. And um, yeah, this year just happened to be the one. So now all of my energy and all of our resources and everything is going to, towards that. And that will be the September. So we're very excited and just can't wait to see what it turns out to be. That's awesome. I bet there's so much behind the scenes that for a mural festival like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Oh, yeah. I commend people like you who are doing it. And we have another artist here locally in Springfield, Missouri, which is very like smaller town, uh, Meg Wagler. She is doing a mural fest and this is the first time she's going to get to do it too because right. they've gotten put off with COVID in the last couple of years. And so right, I'm right. seeing these things pop up and I think it's so interesting that you guys are doing it. But I know in the back of my brain, I'm like, the logistics behind that, oh, yeah. anything just to get restrooms for people right, and right. all of that stuff that I don't want to do, but I'm glad you're doing I know. It. No, it's, it's honestly, it's so much, but you know, it's all part of the learning curve. And that's what I find so beautiful in the art industry is that I'm not taking anything away from anybody who's went out and got an art degree. Cause I totally think that that way is very successful as well, but I never did that just self-taught just through connections and people who inspired me just keep on learning and just keep on progressing on what you know, and that helps you evolve into, you know, being who you want to be. So yeah, just over the past years, just taking everything that I've learned from doing shows and really putting into perspective of, you know, this is not about me as a host trying to get anything out of it. It's more or less me as an artist trying to understand what I would want if I went to a mural festival or what I would look for, or how excited I would be just to be a part. So it's really, this festival is really artist for artists. You know, it's getting put on by an artist for artists. And uh, without all the criteria, without all the rules, when it comes to like, you know, some shows can be super particular on what you're able to have in your booth, you know, and what you're able to sell. And quite frankly, for an artist, that can be really hard on us because we're just being creative. You know, we're just allowing ourselves to, express that in the ways that we want. And so when there's these walls put up, it can just be kind of difficult for us. So that's the whole purpose is behind the event is to give the artist that free expression, allow them to breathe and allow them just to have a fun time. Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of listeners who uh, like, they want to do what you're doing, like not necessarily start their own viewer mural festival, but they want to create full time. They want to have the right. freedom to go and do what they want to do and they're, but they're not sure just how to make money with it. So that's why we started the podcast to help artists with the business side. So what's been a good strategy that you've had that has helped you make money to, with your arts that has helped you then, then to lead your creative and free lifestyle? You know, I would say the most important thing that I had found was to really connect with the community I feel like if you're able to grow within your own community of where you're at, that is the the source of the fire that's just going to keep on igniting and keep on growing. But that community is so important. And so one way that I found to really get myself into the community was to do children's art classes. 
So I did a lot of children's art classes and that was probably about for three or four years, which then evolved into wine and paint nights, which I'm sure you've heard of like the, I think they have a couple of business names out there for them. But anyways, yeah, so I did some of those and that got me super saturated within just my, you know, local community. And from there, my name was getting thrown around left and right. And then, you know, of course, those kids grow up five years later. And now they're even getting to the point to where they're asking their parents for pieces or, you know, whatever it could be. It's just, it's really getting everybody to know who you are. And so for some people who may seem introverted or whatnot, I feel like the biggest thing is to get out there and just to say hello to the world, get people to know who you are, do shows. Shows can be brutal. And if you've went through them, I, I'm sure you know uh, the ups and downs of shows, but that's what it takes. If you want to become a successful artist and do it full time, it does take that little bit of hustle. There is that phrase out there, starving artist, and it's true. There, you know, There's a lot of artists out there that aren't able to make it happen. Yeah, I feel more or less, it's really just getting people to know who you are and really explaining to them why you're creating, what your passion is for, and then having them relate to that and be able to just feel like your best friend. And then from there, you, yeah, you have this support group and network that no matter what is going to help you succeed and help you keep growing. Yeah, I definitely agree. So I actually haven't done many shows like at all, but I've okay. taken like an, another route, but I love that you're putting emphasis on that because that's a huge part of it. You're here in Missouri. We just don't have a lot of that, right, but right. other parts of the world or the, or the, the United States, they do. And right. so what I can definitely, I love that you said teaching little kids how to paint is how you got it. I was like, wait, well, I, I have not heard of that. But I think that goes back to the idea of starting small because right. I have gotten some of my biggest mural jobs from a little bitty job that I did for this old lady that they that wanted right. like her, her barn door painted and took half a day. Like and she's exactly. recommended me to her son who owns this giant company and wanted a giant logo painted. And I'm like, oh yep. wait. <laughs> so I think that's that's just that's oh man. And as you're talking too with doing the paint and sip classes and do the kids classes, I'm thinking, wow, doing art classes for kids could easily open up into doing the nursery murals and like kids' right, bedrooms right. and getting into right. that section. But it, exactly. I, ha- I had never thought of like offering paint classes for kids as a way to get into doing kids' room murals. So I'm going to start suggesting that to some people. Yeah, it, it is definitely. Even, even like the paint and sip classes. I mean, there are a lot to put together and whatnot, but it is, that is just a great way to meet people rather than just shouting on, on Instagram all day. Exactly. <laughs> no, it really is. And honestly, like just the amount of kids who enjoyed it and were just so inspired and the reoccurring kids that came through were just, it was such a, you know, just such a good heartwarming feel to have kids who really, truly enjoyed it. And same with the parents, parents as well, just seeing them, just being able to watch them open up and have a good time. It was just, it was really a great time to be able to bring it all together like that. Yeah. Do you have any crazy stories being in the van and or doing shows or any, anything that might be funny or just like a learning lesson that people could take away? Yeah. So, and, you know, going back to the variables of the shows, especially in Florida, the weather and depending, there's some very horrific stories. 
And so I don't know if you want to hear those ones. Yeah, I'll sure. Share, I'll share just a little bit. So I've been at, it's probably actually my third or fourth show. And this actually got me prepared for like the rest of my shows. Because after this one, I was like, okay, let's rethink. But I uh, went into this show with an easy up 10 by 10. That was the first wrong decision. So I had this easy up 10 by 10 that we made panel walls for. We used like two by four framing it with like chicken wire and then wrapping it in black felt so that I could easily pin a hook through and hang work on a wall that looked aesthetically pleasing in an easy 10 by 10. So it was pretty, it was a pretty nifty setup, but we have it all set up within the first 30 minutes. Next thing you know, they weren't predicting for rain or any storms, but of course it's Florida. And within 30 minutes, like, I don't even know. It, it seemed like a little mini hurricane came through and it wiped out pretty much, I'd say 90% of the vendors. So you're seeing originals scattered all over the ground, getting rained on, getting destroyed. People's whole, I mean, you got to think the people put months and years into creating some of these pieces just to have them be destroyed. And so like you're hearing people just devastated. Fortunately enough, I had all my work as well in these like wooden crated boxes. So if anything did happen, I could just easily shut them and they'd be weather protected. But that's some of the, like the hard things you have to go through in the beginning or not. Like you said, you took a different path, but some of the hard things you have to go through if you're doing shows is, you know, you want your work to be so taken care of and so like treated in, you know, in a gallery respect, you want it to have this gallery representation. Um, but as soon as you put it outside, it's getting weathered. So yeah, going through that and understanding that if I'm going to do a show, I need to invest in one, a very expensive tent that I can be, it can be fully weatherproof with all the walls and have everything, all my work just at a point to where if anything did happen that I wouldn't be at loss for my pieces getting damaged. So yeah, so that was like one of the worst, uh, but blessing in disguise because it obviously taught me how to prepare for the future. And now every show I've ever done, my booth weighs a lot. I actually have like these freestanding pallet walls that basically makes my booth like a house. So even when like insane weather comes through, my booth does not shake at all. And it's very aesthetically pleasing because it has this like, wood grain finish to it that I'm easily able to just drill my work onto the wall with a screw and then just hang it. So it's very easy, very effective, very durable. But yeah, it just comes with the years of experience of doing the shows to understand like, okay, I need to prep for a mini hurricane just in case it comes through because I don't want to lose thousands of dollars of work. Since but yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's wild, you know, it's wild. But uh, I would say there's similar stories to that one, of course, you know, there's many other incidents that happened in that way. But for van life, just maybe an incident that happened in van life, you know, you're on your way to a show and you break down. You can't get away from that. And so those are the things that come with living in a van. And of course, the headache and the stress of not having, you know, a completely reliable vehicle. If it's not, you know, it doesn't have like all the things that you need to go the thousands of miles if, you, if you're traveling that far. But yeah, it's just, it's a cost that's concurred. And it can get to be a much sometimes. So that's what you, you know, you, you put in to get out. And uh, I feel like everything has its own, you know, balance to it. And any direction that you go, there's going to be the ups and downs. Yeah. Oh, man. The things that I, those, those are things that I just haven't thought about, <laughs> but are right. good to know if someone, if someone is, you know, cause I feel like your lifestyle is very highlighted with the, you know, modern freedom. Like you get like, a lot of benefits, but there are downsides, like you said, and 
that's just a good heads up. Like, do you want to deal with these downsides or do you prepare for them? I right. guess. So what does a day in your life look like right now doing man life and art and all the things like, like how many hours do you spend creating? What are you doing? Right now, I'm actually just enjoying life. And I like to say that I'm not not creating, but I'm not working. My passion is art and I love to paint. I love to be creative. So yeah, right now, maybe during my day, I'll put maybe about four to five hours at the most into doing concept sketches or even just small, smaller scale paintings. And that's just to help really me improve on color theory, perspective, really dialing in how to make something so tiny and intricate with detail so that when I go to full scale and I do big, you know, elaborate murals, I can have that really good grip on on scaling work. I mean, feel really comfortable with scaling. So I definitely appreciate being able to downsize and not having all the space to create so large because I feel like sometimes you can get caught in that groove. So when I'm back home for about six months out of the year, I feel like it's every day I'm up from the sun up to sundown doing art in some way. And that's where I feel half my year is really geared to just pumping out just like all my creative freedom, all the inspiration and things that I'd seen on my travels that I try to incorporate into my work as well. So yeah, it's, it's more or less that balance that I try to incorporate into my life. I feel that if I go too much, or sometimes maybe I'll even work to like the seventh, eighth month mark. And I'll feel to myself like, wow, I've really been putting in so much work. I need this time for me to just to sit back and be able to reflect on everything that I've done. So right now, enjoying life, just really appreciating it, living it to the fullest and networking my name out here as well, which I feel like people maybe don't take into account. But you know, when you're traveling in the van, it's so much into marketing that I'm more or less just loving life. But then at the same token, there's galleries all around me here on the West Coast. There's artists all up and down the West Coast, even inland that I can connect with and be able to share work with that can possibly just, like you were talking earlier, one person to the next says your name. And then next thing you know, you're a credible name in the area. So... Yeah. Okay. So you do a lot of your working in Florida, but right now you're in California, just kind of Right now in life, California. Right? Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Yes, I totally, completely understand the whole hustle, work hard, and then take some time off. And it, right. it took me a while to really grasp that because, and even, even when I am taking time off, do you ever get this like weird feeling where you're like, maybe I should be creating? <laughs> am I, am I doing something wrong because of the, you know, I feel like in, in the United States, especially people are like hustle, go. And we do that. But when I take more than a couple of weeks off, I'm like, okay, this is weird. Like, do you, do you get that at all? No, of course. I feel like that's like the, the business in us, or maybe not the business, but just the, the drive, the passion that we have that we're like, oh no, we can't sleep. Like we need to be out there getting our name out there. Like, what are we doing? You know? But I feel that comes with whenever I have that drive, that's when I'm going to my sketchbook. And so maybe I'm not making it in a monumental way that could be really affecting my career. But in my eyes, in my perspective, those little sketches and little adjustments to my work is monumental to my career. Yeah, so true. I feel like when I'm not working for a couple of weeks, my creative brain is like, 
maybe I want to try that. Like I did food art right. last year, <laughs> just like making like really pretty food and then eating it. Not, not, not to sell, but like your yeah, yeah. juices, they're not being used up into painting murals or, or whatnot. So I just use them other, it's funny where it comes out because last this past year too, I've taken a break and then I've been taking up plaster mural sculpture and I'm like, where That's did this awesome. come from? <laughs> Are That's you, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Have you found yourself like taking up new things like that when you're away? Yeah, I've been really interested in doing sculpting here recently. I want to definitely start experimenting with that more. Uh, I have some property in Kentucky that has many acres and infinite possibilities for me to create on. So I definitely find or I definitely will find myself probably in a couple months out of the year going up to that property and allowing myself to just have that space and be able to create in those ways. Just really, yeah, just really just understanding like all the things you can dive into because art is so fascinating. There's so many different mediums, you know, there's so many things that you can really evolve into. And uh, I feel like it's when you stop trying to grow in those ways is when you've like defeated yourself as the artist. Yeah. So last question, what is some advice that you would give like your younger self or the artist listening of how to make it quote make it and do what you want to do because I have actually have a student Monica and she does the van life thing and she she took three months off last year to hike the something coast trail and so she's doing the the things too and so she's doing and I know there are more out there that are wanting to do a similar thing and so what what's your best advice or maybe some advice that's been given to you that's really stuck I would say it's it's really what's your perspective like your why or yeah like your why like are you trying to achieve the greatness of just everybody knowing who you are and being your pockets being as large as they could be? Or is your why really just about enjoying and loving life and letting that express through your works? And in translation, you have people who just enjoy you for you. So I feel like that would be like some like the most crucial or biggest key, you know, points to telling my younger self is just, just be okay with what's happening in life. And you know, the greatness will come. Not ever trying to be down on yourself because you know, you haven't hit that mark or you haven't hit this stature or this level in your life at some certain age. I feel like everything's about age. And I really just feel like if you can just enjoy the moment, then you're living life. Yeah. Not trying to be too big for no good reason, you know, exactly. Not to to make money, just to make more money. Like Exactly. Exactly. I feel like we can live on so much. We can live beneath our means and live a little I've recently more started doing that and like in the beginning it was all hustle go go and I'm glad I did that but now it's like okay we've kind of reached a level where do I really need to make a lot more money than I make not right. really and right. so let's just take some time and live life and so I think I think you have that mentality right now too and yeah I think it's just good to put some eyes on it that van life definitely uh, puts it in perspective. It helps you minimalize. It helps you understand what you really want in life. It helps you appreciate what's in your backyard. Yeah, I'm sure you're not ordering Amazon boxes every day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no. Yeah, like it just puts in perspective what we need and right. what, what we can get by, what what makes us happy. Which, yeah, right. thank you for coming on and talking about your very unique life. I think it's great to have all these different kinds of artists and unique ways. And I think you're my first van life for no second, but still, second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it's still good to just have people that are you're doing you, and I think that's the biggest thing to take away. You're doing what you want to do, and this might not be for everybody, but you're making it work. And yeah, you started small to go bigger and you're in California for the summer. Like that's, that's so right. cool. I'm loving life. And I honestly couldn't ask for anything else. And thank you again so much for having me and yeah, just allowing me to feel part. I really appreciate it. Sure thing. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll keep in touch. Awesome. You too. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. If you've liked this episode and you've liked the tips and inspiration that you've gotten from it, then I want to encourage you to join our Artist Academy Advanced Membership. We are currently going through the yearly fourth quarter success plan designed to help you, the artist in need of a little marketing direction, make money with your art during the most profitable time of year. If there's ever a time to double down on your art business, efforts with promoting and pitching and sending out the emails that you know you need to send out (laughs) and creating holiday window art and getting clear on what you're offering this holiday season and communicating that effectively with your audience now is that time every year i double down on my efforts to sell during the fourth quarter and every year i get better and better at it and make even more money than any year prior For example, like my yearly sale where I started off making $1,000 in one day the first year I tried this. Then the next year got even better, tweaked my messaging a little bit and made $3,000 in one day. And then the following year made $5,000 in one day selling the art that was just sitting on my website that nobody had yet purchased just by enhancing my marketing and promotion efforts with this fourth quarter success plan. Every year I give you the exact game plan that I'm using refined by years past in the form of step-by-step videos and templates for you to use to sell your unique art. Whether it be originals, prints, or my favorite, murals. I make it really easy for you (laughs) to get some help with your art business plan during this very timely part of the year. Go to artistacademy.co. That's artistacademy.co or click the link below in the notes to apply and join our group of highly encouraging artists from all over the world. Again, it's artistacademy.co and I'll see you inside the membership for our fourth quarter success plan.